Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. One, two, three, and we are back. Um, so today I have my lovely co-host and wife back, Julie Harris. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here with you and somewhat of a relief after lots of travel things going on. So, yes, it's yeah. nice to be back. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's, it's comforting. It's just, this is our comfort food, which, by the way, by I, on uh, yesterday's podcast, I had an opportunity to use you as an example with regards to um, – some of the things that we do that are bad for us that are not necessarily uh, we're doing consciously, we're doing it for emotional reasons. And I used the example of mashed potatoes and how that used to be a you had to mash <laughs> yeah. a bunch of emo- yeah. Well, that was a good example, you know, because we're yeah. actually Julia is talking about the things that we were seeing when we were in the airport lounges in the past few days, the absolute horribleness, horrifying, of, horrifying, <laughs> really, the what people even eat in the nice areas. They, yeah. Maybe especially. <laughs> anyway, so yesterday's podcast, we were talking about uh, – I got uh, – it was interesting. The feedback on yesterday's show was uh, – I wasn't expecting really any feedback necessarily. Some shows we just do, we don't get any, but I actually quite a few emails. People appreciated the topic, which is seven-step solution to end your laziness. And uh, I chose the word laziness because it was a more direct word that would get your attention. Um, And I was expecting some people to be offended by that. I love it when you guys email back and say completely straightforward, yes, I realize I've been lazy. Um, Some of you, I got a couple comments that someone, uh, they realized that, you know, the reason that, I'm summarizing, right, but the reason that you're experiencing this, you know, your whatever issue is, is because you were lazy in the past. And I think getting past the – accepting the realization that – and this is one of my points, so I don't want to step on it – but accepting the realization that you really are the architect of your future, that's such a big um, a breakthrough. Uh, Julie, in our new book, Harris Rules, which, guys, uh, guys, make sure you get it at Barnes & Noble. You can get it at um, you know, Amazon. It's for sale at Target and Walmart. It's selling out, by the way, so if you go to one of those bookstores and they don't have it in stock, you're probably going to you know, walk up to the book person and they'll order it for you. We went to a couple of Barnes & Nobles and they'd already sold out of it, um, so maybe Amazon's the easy button. But in the book, Harris Rules, Julie, I remember you'd done some research specifically on the psychology associated with what motivates people. And the essence of it was that people are not motivated. They're more attached to the past versions of themselves than they can't realize or see the future versions of themselves. Can you talk, if you, if you can remember that, can you uh, describe that psychology succinctly? I'm, I have the book in my hands right now. I'm looking for that particular part to refer to. But yes, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, studies have shown, and these are by psychologists and psychiatrists and you know reputable sorts, uh, that when you are writing your goals and you're trying to connect with that, it's actually really far into your own psychology, so much so that it's almost like you're talking about a stranger you don't actually identify that closely with what you're trying to become, particularly when the goals are uh, quite far away from where you are. And what that caused for me in the book and in a lot of our coaching is 
to get people to realize, you know, having like a five-year goal probably is not something that you're going to go towards. It just realistically, having a 90-day massive action plan is so much more attainable and that you're going to know the first one or two steps. You probably already know what you should be doing to get you there, but to think that you're going to know year four of your five-year plan, that's like planning for a stranger psychologically in your own mind. So I thought that was really interesting. And I have another study in the book that talks about the difference between people who just talk about goals versus writing them down and even comparing that to not just writing them down, but to reading them daily or at least weekly and the differences in results that you get there. So um, you asked about the expanded book, so <laughs> I gave them some expanded examples. But really it gets down to identify with where you're at now and make some incremental changes. That's how to to go back to your podcast notes here. That's a big step in not being lazy is to choose some things that are actually doable and do them instead of having one elaborate of things, plans that realistically won't happen. One of the little thing, games that Julie and I play, and just to make the – we're big fans of essentially working through the obtuse as quick as possible, making it to something practical and tactical. And the way we do that with ourselves is we actually say when we're experiencing something pleasurable, we actually will tell each other it's a joke, really. And I don't remember even how we originally created this. I'm sure it was a, we were joking with each other. But thank you, past Tim and Julie. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it makes me laugh to say it. But it's true. I mean, whatever you're enjoying now, you need to thank the past version of yourself. And whatever you're not enjoying now, you need to own the fact that the past version of yourself was lazy. That's really the, that's the essence of it. So, you know, be really brutally honest with yourself about that particular uh, mindset. Because when you do, when you are – when you just have full, absolute responsibility for your current you know, version of life that you're enjoying, and I say it like that because I want all of you to understand that whatever your current situation is, a lot of it's good, a lot of it, some things maybe not so good. Whatever it is that you're enjoying, you better figure out a way to keep enjoying it. And whatever you're not liking about your current life, you can change it. It all is dependent on what the current you is actually doing, the actions that you're taking. So, Yeah. Find something in your life right now that you appreciate and say, hey, thank you, past version of me. And then at the same time, after you've sort of, sort of uh, you know, enjoyed those feelings of gratitude, then I want you to find something you don't like, and I want you to kind of curse the past version of you. A lot of the psycho – not psychology, but a lot of the self-help stuff, I think, frankly, it's all basically hoping or making it so that you're not critical enough of yourself. I see that constantly in some of the things I read. I hit all the bookstore bookshelves when we were, you know, sitting in airports, and I hear all, and I read all these. Oh, you get, you know, this all this positive self-talk bullshit. It doesn't work. Okay, you want evidence of it? Here's the bottom line: if you are experiencing something in your life right now, and maybe it's your, I always use the weight thing because Julie and I were both at one point in our lives heavier than we are now. And it was something that we certainly had become very elegant at, at, at rationalizing, you know, just like everyone else does. So when I look at, for example, if you're looking at yourself and you realize that I'm fat, don't just give yourself a hall pass and make it so that you're all touchy-feely and be ultra-sensitive to your emotions and your feelings of the acceptance of the fact you're fat. you got to say, man, I am nasty looking. I am. you got to be super critical of yourself because what that does is it cuts through your ego cuts through it fast. 
when you, for, you know, maybe that's, you, know, you don't like that one, or maybe you're in great shape. So let's pivot, and we talked about the financial one. If you don't like your present financial thing, you got to say to yourself, I am a lazy bastard, and I was not willing to do what I didn't want to do, and I didn't want to do it at the highest level. I have wasted too much of my life and too much of my time chasing shiny silver, you know, shiny objects, trying to actually learn how to do the real work of real estate. You need to be really hard on yourself. Um, I had some coaching calls yesterday where we were kind of talking around this very topic, and I, I mentioned this yesterday on the podcast too. Imagine if you had David Goggins. I'll use him as an example. If you guys have not read his book, I Can't Hurt Me, you definitely got to read that book. It's very intense. <laughs> I mean, whatever level of self-discipline you think you have, you will feel like you know one of Julie's old bowls of mashed potatoes because that guy has self-discipline to an art form. He's redefining what self-discipline is. So imagine if you had you know you're saying I want to you know lose weight. Well, okay, fine. You're going to hire. And by the way, somebody actually, Julie, I don't know if you knew this, but some dude actually hired Goggins to follow him around for a year and like get yes, his ass in shape and everything. And the guy had to basically, yeah, I I got to read that one. Anyway, so imagine if that was you. You hired him. Uh, this elite of the elite athletes, and he's going to show up every day at your door, and he's going to make sure you're doing – he does not care about your feelings. He does not care about your bad day. He does not care about your any emotional bullshit. That All these things – see, my point, guys, is you give yourself all these reasons not to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. David does not care. He is there. He's going to make your flabby ass run. You're going to get in good shape. You see the difference? So when you're trying to figure out whether or not you're being too nice on yourself, go and read the David Goggins book and look to see what level of discipline that guy has. And then maybe you need to channel the internal David Goggins for yourself. And he has got um, – I liked him on Facebook, and he, uh, and he has got a billion people who are uh, obviously huge fans of his. And all of them to a person are all saying – what I just said, they're all in their own way saying, I realize I've been too easy on myself. And everybody around me was telling me to be easy on myself. Everyone around me was saying things like, oh, you got to stop and smell the flowers. And, oh, why work so hard? And you're not enjoying life. And, oh, blah, 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 all these types of things. And, and these are the types of excuses that they compound. So the past version of you, which was too easy on you, is the reason that you are probably not experiencing the level and the quality of life that you wanted to now so be responsible for it hopefully guys this is a this is all about ultimately being accountable to yourself and being accountable to your own dreams being accountable to your family this is all about being accountable to your potential on this planet which hopefully you guys all see that so julie yesterday i talked about point number two so i'm going to roll to point number three you know what you can do point number three this is perfect for you so shoot (laughs) Yes, so point number three is to make the most of your mornings. Leverage the best time of day, which are your mornings. So that starts with being media-free. Avoid all media. That means if you're driving to your office, you're not listening to the news on the radio, you're not checking it on your whatever you've got on your phone in the morning, you don't have the TV on while you're feeding your kids breakfast, avoid the media. There's nothing good about it. People do not report all of the awesome things that happened in the world today. There's an old joke about that, that there used to be a, a, uh, a station called Great News Media, but it went out of business because nobody wanted to you know, listen to that. So don't stuff your head full of crap. There's never any good reporting on that. If there's a, you know, a traffic jam on your way to work, your navigation will tell you that. If something major is happening in the world, you're going to hear somebody talk about it at Starbucks or catch a headline. Don't be sucked into that. 
It's only negative. Hey, Next is have a Julie. Go, go ahead. Julie, give me a second. Yeah. I actually read something on our, you know, sojourn of late about that very topic and why news is not news anymore. Uh, this is self-evident when I say it, but the news media outlets, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, the Foxes, and all the rest of it, after 9/11. Uh, they stopped reporting news. Why did they stop reporting news? They now commentate and talk about the news. So why did they stop trying to be essentially news outlets? Because Internet sources were kicking their butts, because people could go to Twitter, because people were essentially getting their own information about what was happening. And so the USP, the unique selling proposition of you know some particular news outlet being forced to re first report the news, if you guys are really probably 40 and older, you'll remember you didn't know anything about what was going on in the world until you read the newspaper or until, until you heard it on the evening news. People watched the evening news because it was their sort of periscope out of their own little worlds to see what was going on across the globe. Uh, nowadays, it's not like that. People go wherever they want to go. Yet, if something happens in the world, you're going to hear about it instantly, practically. You're going to get an alert. I got an alert yesterday for a news thing that's on my iPhone about something I didn't even really care about. But you're inundated. So what did they do? They went and started basically being opinionated. And then what they had to do is they went and they'd start to niche themselves. And then they said, well, what are the two obvious niches we can go after? One will be conservative, the other will be liberal. And that's essentially what's happened to our news. The moral of the story is news is not news. That's what you guys have to realize. News is not news. It's opinions. That's all it is. So that's the reason that Julie and I tell you not to even include yourself in it because someone's opinion is designed to be caustic. It's designed to evoke a, an emotion. It's designed to make you mad. And that's basically what a lot of these news channels want to do. They want to tribe you up. They want to get you to think small. They want to essentially trigger your fear emotion. So just realize the best thing to do is completely go media free. Now, if you're having a negative reaction to that and having said that, what I just said in front of groups of people before, I have experienced the negative reactions that some of you have. And I remember very clearly we were Douglas Elliman not so long ago in Manhattan, and we were talking about having media-free morning, and there was a lady, I remember I remember her face, because she gave me this look of like having just taken the most bitter poison you know, medicine ever, and she just wanted you. to get, she was pissed, she started flailing around in her chair, and started getting mad at me, and just like, what, yeah, <laughs> it was almost and funny, weird. and there were a few other people, but she was the most obvious one, and, and the reason was, is because she literally thought it was her, like, moral imperative, her job to always know what was going on in the news. It's because she was attached to a specific, uh, you know, she was watching MSNBC and the rest of it and CNN, and she was attached to being part of that tribe. And so by me suggesting that she detaches from that media, what was what I was really suggesting to her, what she, I mean, to her is what I was suggesting to her, right? Psychologically, this is what she was saying, is I was suggesting that she leaves her little psychological support group where other people are caught in the same echo chamber saying the same thing. It can happen on the Fox News side. I mean, the you know, ultra-conservative stuff is the same way. But the moral of the story, guys, is you need to break free of all of it. Break free of all of it. Liberate yourself from it. And you'll watch yourself to feel – you literally will go through – some of you will go through – it's almost like getting off coffee, which I don't know why anyone would ever want to do, but <laughs> – 
you know, it's like detoxing from anything. You'll first of all, you'll feel insecure about it. Oh my gosh, am I missing something? And and then you'll start to go through these different. Oh, you know, oh my gosh, I better check. Uh, what if I just check a little bit? You know, and then you'll you know play games with yourself. But then eventually you'll say, you know what, I'm just going to try it. I'm going to go media free. Then you do it for a day, you do it for a week, then you do it for a month. And then what you start to feel is then you you see other people that are still addicted to sticking with that same you know world. And you will see the difference. You'll feel the difference between you and them. You'll see that they're being manipulated. You'll feel that they have this heightened state of fear and anxiety that you don't experience anymore. And you'll realize what Uncle Tim and Aunt Julie were telling you is true. <laughs> Go media free. And, and importantly, point, too, Tim, yeah. it also clears a lot of space in your mind and in your emotional self for things that you do want to fill your brain and your heart with if you don't have that clutter of constant barragement from negative sources then you can you know you can listen to podcasts that do interest you you yep. you know housing news you're going to get emailed to you from your board of realtors and the best way to have your housing news is to just check your own hot sheet every morning see what's happening prices you know what's expiring and where what kind of prices are coming down where are the new listings there are ways for you to be connected to the things that are important and to disassociate yourself from things that are not well, so. But let's, talk, Julie, so, but let's talk about. I mean, you just brought up how real estate. So we use Inman news features, right? That has become basically what every other new media outlets become. It's become a tabloid. And why are they doing that? Well, they're doing that obviously because people like it. There was. There's. I won't even cite any specific articles. But how frequently does an article come up on Inman anymore that's actually valuable? It's all just a bunch of horseshit to evoke emotions. And you can see when there's these uh, obviously manipulative articles that go up there. You look at the comments. Look how many people are commenting and posting on it because agents are addicted to the drama. But it's not just agents. It's everybody. They're addicted to the media. They're addicted to having somebody else. It's like a little. Tink of what's Julie? What's that chemical that gets released in the brain? What's that called? Uh-huh. Serotonin you know or something about? like that. There, something yeah. like that. Insulin. Like when I you, don't know. When you hear, yeah. it gives you a high. Saying, right. And so, like uh, when you turn on CNN, for example, breaking news. You remember all yeah. that after 9/11? Some of you guys don't. Yeah. I realize, which is shocking. Well, they've but breaking it into news. an entertainment thing versus a news outlet. They're trying to yeah. be an entertainment station. You know, that's I mean, right. Come on, it's because you want more eyeballs. Because yeah. more people will, more people will watch it. More people will read it. It's not real. It's fake, and you're being manipulated by it. Notice how you, when you hear the breaking news thing, for example, you get a little emotional spike, a little release of maybe it's serotonin or ser- I don't remember what it is. Some of you guys, well, you know, somebody, you know. I think about. you told me you read something where they had studied Facebook and like every time you swipe a new Facebook yeah. thing, that there's a little hit of whatever that is in your brain. I mean, it, it is pretty crazy. It's Dopamine. Dopamine. Yes. Thank you. Dopamine. Yeah. And and that's what it is. But, but, so like literally, this is something else. I think we didn't put this in our book, but we were researching it. With the way that all these websites are designed, when you swipe, when you the actions on like your Instagram thing, if you screw around with Instagram on your phone, all the little buttons and widgets are all designed around keeping you there and keeping you addicted. So when you take a specific action, it gives you a certain uh, chemical reaction. And here's what's scary. And, and again, I know we've talked about this before, is that they there's never uh, the the effect of essentially having that on a form the formation of a child's brain has never been studied. 
So it's very possible that there's an actual rewiring of kids' brains who've grown up on all this crap that they're going to have what appears to be like ADD. They can't concentrate for long periods of time because they're so used to just taking a little swipe and getting a little hit of that serotonin, uh, uh, you know, that release, and they don't get that now if they actually have to read a book. So what we're doing is we're rewiring people's brains so they're not going to be smart enough to actually drill down. And Julie, you got to think about for that for the sake of our daughter and her iPad. Yes, that's true. All right, so that was a big point was the media-free stuff. And so related to that, once you have sworn all of that off, have a schedule just for your mornings. Schedule should include things like exercise, getting up the same time every day and not having some kind of sliding schedule, having a good non-carb start to your day with your meal, meditation. That's okay to do some of these things while you're working out, um, showing gratitude towards your loved ones. Have a minimum standard of your contacts, like your lead follow-up in the morning, since your lead follow-up is where you're most likely to set an appointment. How do you know what those things should be on the business side? Well, your real estate treasure map tells you that. It talks about the minimum standard of setting one appointment per day. And then we can get into some more of the, the fitness stuff. The point is, a minimum standard that you follow every single morning. Orange Theory, some of you guys have gotten addicted to to start your day off right, or something similar where you're out there. I I love stuff like that for our coaching clients and our listeners to the podcast because it's not just good for your body to be getting into motion and working out, but it also puts you in a position to getting to know more people, to expand your center of influence, to talk about real estate. I mean, we we get real estate leads from our Orange Theory class all the time, and we don't even talk like realtors. We're you know, and we don't even sell real estate. They don't even know what it means. <laughs> we refer, but we, we do talk about off. real estate. Yeah, yeah. We gave it's, Julie how many leads have you referred? How many leads have you referred to our coaching client just out of our own Orange Theory? Like six. Yeah, like six just this month. <laughs> it's hilarious, though, isn't no. it? But yeah. it's because we talk about it and we get to know people. Some of you guys, like, I, I get these funny reports from people trying out Orange Theory. They're like, well, I'm going two or three times a week, but I haven't gotten any leads yet. And I'll talk to them, like, do you just show up, like, two minutes before? Or are you actually talking to people? You have to, you know, make the effort here, guys. But, yes, it, it's good for both things. The point is – some of you guys, when it comes down to drilling down on a schedule, and we do talk about this both in Harris Rules and the Real Estate Treasure Map, you'll over-engineer it to the point where it's unfollowable. So just work on the morning first. Be media-free and include exercise, eating something healthy, meditation, being grateful towards your loved ones, and some kind of exercise and then getting to work on your business. That all should happen before noon. What I just rattled off, some of you guys don't do in a week because you drag it out, or you have a different wake-up time depending on whether you have an appointment tomorrow or not. You've got to have some level of consistency. And what I see is a direct correlation between people who are flaky about their schedule. They are the same ones that have cash spurts and not cash flow. When you're serious about your schedule, you will see that that consistency does in not that long time, maybe 30 days or less, start to iron out those ups and downs in your income. It's an interesting thing to watch from a coaching standpoint. Back I think Julie's having Sorry. coffee. I think, I think yes. <coughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I thought so. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, point number four. We didn't talk. Did you talk? Okay. Point number four. Here's an interesting one. And remember, guys, the topic of today's show. You remember the topic of today's show, Julie? Is let me scan up to the top. Is not being lazy. Seven step solution to end your laziness. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, and Julie, maybe one of yours should be reading the top or having the top the notes in front of you. I'm just saying. Hey. All right. Point point number four. Point health. Point. We talk about health a lot, guys, but health. Um, are you so for example, often you are lazy because you're not taking care of yourself and the older you get the more it compounds. And so that's something that's kind of a fascinating thing that um, I've personally experienced, but have also seen with coaching clients that we've had for a long, long period of time. Some of Julie and I's coaching clients we've had for over 10 years, 15 years, some of them. And what happens oftentimes is that if you stop taking care of your body, as you get older, it's harder to do that because your body doesn't, it doesn't recover as fast. And if you're just starting, if you, for example, went to st- said today, and this is really the only way to do it, by the way. So you just have to suffer until it gets easier. But if you said, I'm going to go to Orange Theory today, and let's just say you don't run, you walk when you're there, you don't really push yourself, well, that's still going to feel like a lot of effort considering you're probably coming from a point of having made no effort. And that makes total sense. So you're going to have to work your body back into a condition where it can take the physical workout. But here's the thing that I'll suggest to all of you, and you know, this is something that um, I suggest to all my personal coaching clients, and I'll definitely suggest this, this to you as well. You guys should all consider taking a month off from drinking alcohol if you drink now. Completely stop drinking. Have, you know, sober October, as Joe Rogan likes to say, or, you know, whatever. Just take a month off from drinking. Have, this is the, you know, at this point in the year, this would be a great month to actually start this. So this month, here's a kind of a big challenge for all of you. How about you cut out alcohol in this month, I'm going to give you a couple more to-dos. You know what I'm going to say. Join OTF and go at least three times a, a week. If there's not an OTF near you, find something else where there's going to be a coach there in a group setting that is going to correct you when you do things wrong. But the reason you want to go in a group setting is because you will not work out as hard if you're by yourself because I know you're going to cut yourself too much slack. Because you're not going to have anybody else to compare yourself to. If you're on a treadmill with 12 other people and you see people that are similar age and physical condition as you pushing themselves harder than you, you're naturally going to feel competitive or the realization that you're basically being too easy on yourself. The current version of you is suffering because the past version of you gave yourself too many hall passes, too many easy buttons, too many shiny objects, not enough actual effort. That's what you did, okay? So I want you to actually think about that. So I want you to. So there's the next thing. Now, if you're a man, I'm going to give you something else that I don't really talk much about on this podcast. A suggestion that you go to have your testosterone levels checked, because if you're basically 35, in some cases 30 or older, really 35 or older, um, chances are your T level is low. And I can give you lots of, for examples, about coaching clients. But don't go to your GP. Go to a testosterone clinic and have your blood check. Have a blood test done. It's only usually. 50 bucks, and you, they just draw two little vials of blood, and then they essentially send it to the lab, and they come back, and they tell you what your testosterone level is, your free T level, your estradiol level, and um, your, all your cholesterol levels, and it does a PSA, the whole thing. So go get that done, and what you're going to discover is that I pretty much guarantee all of the listeners right now that are men, unless you're younger, or there's some, you know, occasionally there's older men that don't have low T, but the rest of you have low testosterone. I'm not going to really talk too much about it today unless you want me to on a future podcast, and I'll tell you everything I know about it. But uh, you guys are going to have to text me or email me and tell me if that's what you want to hear. Um, so the text is 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206, and just text me yes, talk about T, and I will. 
Um, but I have to hear from like 20 or 30 of you before I do it because it's kind of a weird topic. And it's obviously mostly for men. But the point of it is, is that as you get older, if you're not having a low-carb diet, if you're not working out on a regular basis, if your hormones are kind of screwed up, and all those things are probably true with all of you, you're going to have a very difficult time um, with essentially having a high level of energy for the sake of doing the real work of life. Those things I just suggested that you do are not complicated for you to fix yourself. And the future version of you will be so grateful that you actually did it. It will be amazing. So the extra weight that you've got around your belly, that's from the accumulation of the past version of you rationalizing, well, I'll just have an extra piece of bread. What difference does it make? All I'm an extra serving is something with a bunch of sugar in it. What difference does it make? Everyone else is doing it, right? The future version of you has to see that stuff as a poison to what the future version of you is actually going to appreciate. So when you walk past the tray of cookies uh, at the airport lounge, which is all we saw, you right, need to say, treat. right, I know, you need to say to yourself, no, I'm not going to ingest that garbage into my body for what amounts to maybe a few seconds of mouth pleasure uh, and then just to have to suffer working it off later. I've done it enough in my life. I know where that leads to. I know that it's just a temporary little psychological hit. I'm not going to do it anymore. That's the type of thinking that you have to have with all of your actions. When you're trying to decide what you should be doing now, what actions you should be taking as there's all this podcast, I want you to specifically think about doing what I just suggested. And then as far as your business goes, what are the top three things that you're avoiding doing the most? And notice how all those things have to do with direct communication with sellers, mostly with sellers. might be a price reduction. might be prospecting. All the things that you're avoiding doing are the things that make the biggest difference in your business. Have you ever thought about that? Isn't that interesting? So hopefully you guys are benefiting from this. Hopefully you guys are learning from this. Is there anything we can do for you? Um, you can request a free coaching call. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Or, of course, if you guys need me, if, uh, yesterday I made an offer to you guys if you wanted to talk about your brokerage situation because I'm finding that to be a very important topic that all of you guys need to be focusing on. You can just text me directly, which is 512-758-0206. In the meantime, if you guys need us for anything, if you have any show ideas, if you have any words of encouragement, if you have anything whatsoever that we can be doing for you, please know that we've got your backs. We really appreciate the opportunity to be your coaches now and forever. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Thank you.